Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. If you have a Bible, our teaching uh, today is going to come out of the book of Jeremiah, which is in the Old Testament. It's about halfway through a typical paper Bible. We're going to be in Jeremiah 2. You can also use your device to look up Jeremiah 2. And I don't have a great introductory thought, but I'm going to give you a good try. Okay? Introductory thought. It was last Saturday. Of course, that's Easter weekend, so for me that meant I had a couple things to get done. I had a few deadlines that Saturday morning, and part of that was to, to take the talk for the day, and I'd finalize some things, and I was going to email that to uh, one of the staff who helps put together this stuff. And so got all done. It's really simple. I know how to email, right? Pull down, send this to, to Nate. But when I went to send it, a pop-up came up that basically was some kind of a asking permission for something. Now, just a side note, not a big computer guy. I don't know all about it. But I've been told by people, if something just pops up on your computer and says, hi, can we take over? The answer is no. Or you, mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's that, so I know that much about it. Uh, but I was, so I was a little frustrated because I couldn't figure out because I'd had some images in the talk and I was wondering, what did I get into this thing? That's, why is this coming up here? And so, but I knew when it popped up, would you give us permission? I'm like, no. So I tried it again. Give us permission. No. So I took the whole document thing that I did, and I kind of reworked it and put it on a different thing, and said, okay, now. I thought, okay, send it to Nate. Click. Will you give us, so four or five times this is popping up. Again, I'm, I'm on this deadline thing. Last time, I don't know what happened. Thing pops up. Will you give proof? Yes. Because I, not, by the way, and then my, oh, and my computer began to smoke. It, no, it didn't. But, so we may have dodged, I don't know what, all, but I remember as soon as I clicked it, by the way, then it sent and all, and I remember, if you ever had that sinking feeling, I, I went, oh, oh no, oh, 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 no. you know, and you start to wonder, like, well, there I just, there goes my social security stuff, and I wonder if my camera's on now, are you guys watching me, you know, um, but so it's, I bring up that idea to actually introduce a question for us all. How many mistakes do we make when we rush? Because that was the issue there, was the deadline. Typically, I would have taken all the time. How many mistakes do we make when we rush? Financially, not a good move most of the time. Be in a hurry and go, ah, just buy it and we'll figure out the payments later. Generally, not the best way to approach. It's thinking of physically, in a hurry, just go to the drive-thru. You get to the drive-thru. Anybody get, I'm beginning to get overwhelmed with the amount of options on a drive-thru. So ah, I'm in a hurry, so you just go, whatever has the most bacon. <laughs> give me that. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, probably not a good life plan. <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah. Get bacon. Is that it? Yeah, more. More bacon. Um, I thought of relationships, and, 
And I've uh, been in ministry now for a while and uh, had the responsibility to try to help different people in marital problems at times. And I have yet to hear anyone say, as part of their story, if they're in difficulty, I think we just, I, I think we just dated too long. Does that make sense? No one ever says, we took too much time to get to know each other before we got married. That's not what happens. Usually it's, they have rushed and... Um, For sure, the healthy spiritual life requires pauses, gaps, places that's not hurry, 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 hurry. A few Bible verses. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus says to a woman named Martha who is in a hurry, rushing, all kinds of things that have to get done. We're going to talk a little bit more about this text later. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But then he says, Mary, this woman, Mary has chosen what is better. And you know what Mary's doing? She's sitting down by the Lord's feet. And Jesus says, that's better. In Proverbs 19:2, it says, desire without knowledge is not good How much more will hasty feet miss the way? In Philippians 4, a verse that if you hang around the church or Christians or Bible stuff very long, you'll probably hear this one. It's fairly common. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I would argue, you going to do that stuff? It takes a little time to pray about it, to petition, to be thankful. <clears throat> and the last one we'll note here, Matthew 11. This is a great message of hope. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Sounds like they're kind of tired. And I will give you rest. So hold those thoughts. This weekend, we're introducing our next series called Margin, Making Space for the Life That Works. Making Space for the Life That Works. And I don't use this term or idea very often, but I think maybe this could be a life-changing series. I don't like, you know, people overuse, oh, this will change your life, this will change your your life. But I think for some of us, this could be one of those types of teachings. Can you, with me, imagine a place, imagine a place where your friend, like an important person in your life, says, hey, can we get together? And you actually say, yeah, I've got time this week. Imagine a place. Is there really such a place? Papa, will you take us there? Is there really a place where that could happen? How about this? Imagine a place where someone says, how are you? And you actually say, I'm good. Or, it, or your response does not include, I'm kind of tired. Oh, uncle, is there such a place? 
Could you take us there? Are there butterflies? Anyway, what, I don't know why I'm doing that, but I'm trying to make you pay attention. But is there such a place where that could happen? Is there a place where you get an unexpected bill, right? And it actually doesn't mess up your life because you have margin in your finances. Some of you are like, there is no place like that. <laughs> no, maybe. Isn't there a place where maybe you have financial margin? So when that thing happens, yes, it's a bummer because it's going to take, but you actually have margin in your, in your finances and you pay the bill. Wow. Spiritually, wouldn't it be great if someone said, how's your soul? Or you assessed your spiritual life and, and things were authentically really good. That's where we're going to try to get over the next few weeks. The plan is to talk about, uh, we're going to do an introductory talk today and talk about four areas of life. Up on the screen, the topics are physical margin, scheduling some time to rest, relational margin, margarine, relational margarine, having flexibility to enjoy people, Financial margin, escaping the life of paycheck to paycheck. Emotional margin, putting worry to rest. Those are some of the things we're going to talk about. I do want to also add the spiritual development team found a great book. I think that will just go so well with this series. The title of the book is (laughs) Margin. How cool is that? Uh, It's Restoring Emotional, Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves to Overloaded Lives. You may want to check that out at the Resource Center, uh, both, you know, both locations. Check that out. Uh, probably a, a, going to be a great addition to the series. Okay, today we're going to look at our introduction. Uh, we're going to introduce the idea with um, a theme verse from Jeremiah 2. Let me tell you what's going on in the text as best I can. Uh, initially, God's going to say some, some stuff to this group of people. But basically, it's a group of people that are out of control. They have become reckless and wild, and the pace of their life is crazy. They're chasing all kinds of things, and they've lost touch with God. In the uh, first, in the second verse, he starts like this. This is what the Lord says. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you loved me, God is saying. Verse 3 says, Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of its harvest. By the way, that's Bible language for, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days when we had time together and when you were following me and we were, all right? But from there it goes downhill because they're wildless, they're wild, godless. And he actually uses some interesting, some strong language through that chapter. I'd encourage you to read it all. But we'll go to verse 23 where the Bible records, God says, How can you say, I am not defiled? I have not run after the Baals, which is a false god. See how you behave in the valley. Consider what you have done. Excuse me. You are a swift she-camel running here and there. A wild donkey, accustomed accustomed to the desert, sniffing the wind in her craving. In her heat, who can restrain her? Get that picture? 
Like, it's, just, it's an animal driven by hormones, running all over the place, looking for some sex. Something like that, right? Any male that pursues her need not tire themselves at mating time. They will find her. And then this is our theme verse. Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. Can I say that again? Do not run until your feet are bare and your throat is dry. But you say, it's no use. I love foreign gods. I must go after them. So again, the series title is Margin, Making Space for the Life that Works. And uh, probably not going to fix this whole thing today, but I've got a couple ideas from this text. Would you all stand? Grape Road, would you stand? We're going to pray not just about today, but we're going to pray about the next five weeks. Ready? Father, I pray that you would be our teacher on the weekends. I pray that you would also be speaking to us through the week. There are some of us, there are some of us, we need tons of help in this area. And most of us, most of us can use help to be able to focus on the most important things and not be distracted or chase lesser things. So even today, will you help us during this talk and this week? God, make it life-changing, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. The first thing I see from this text regarding increasing margin is this. Margin in life requires significant personal responsibility. I'm going to talk just a little bit about personal responsibility. In the text, I highlighted, do not run until your, they're your feet. Who controls your feet? You do. They're your feet are bare, and it's your, your throat is dry. Basically, it's a pretty simple comp, uh, an idea so much of what you do, so much of what I do, it's up to us. We have a lot of power to make decisions. My calendar is uh, my calendar. It's my calendar. Most of it's within, a bunch of it is within my control. Your, here's one. Did you know your, most of you are adults, right? Did you know your bedtime is your bedtime? You don't have to, some of you get it. I hate to write that down. You don't have to stay up forever and ever and ever. Did you know that? You could get more sleep. How many of you are glad you came to church? You're like, I can't. Yes, you can. You could actually decide to, whatever is keeping you up, whatever is drawing you into the night, you could go, I guess I'll go to bed. That's, that's it. All right, stand up, close in prayer. We're done. Margin in your life. Figure out, you know, you go to bed, you get some sleep. Um, did you know that on your phone, how do you know like the phone thing has become a driver a lot of times because they buzz? Anybody ever heard your phone buzz? Did you know, at least on my phone, maybe not yours, there's a button on the side you can turn off. Everyone say it with me. Off. There is actually a way you can turn that off. I also thought of how many times when we assess having time with God, we get to the end of the day, and we say, ah, the day just got away, I just didn't have time. And I wonder if God would just jump in the middle of that and go, really? Seriously? You, you didn't have time. 
So you get the point. So much, is this, so much of this is in your court. I want to go a little different direction than I thought I would. I want to say to you and dwell on the fact that if you'll choose to live a life that has more margin and say no to certain things, here's what I'd tell you. This is really good news. God will come alongside and help you do it. God will be your advocate if you lean into this idea of keeping a, a better pace on your life. From the Luke 10 text that we mentioned at the beginning, where there's two women, there's Martha, who's busy, 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 and then there's Mary sitting at the Lord's feet. Here's the text, a little bit more. It says, Jesus came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And get a load of this. She's telling Jesus what to do. This is kind of like she's going to tell the Lord of the universe, hey, tell her to help me. Pause. I'll bet there was a lot of pressure on Mary, the one sitting at his feet, to stand up at that point. Do you think about that? By the way, Martha didn't pull Jesus aside and say, Jesus, come here. Would you ask Mary? This is all kind of a public thing. Walks right up. Mary's sitting there. Hey, Lord, tell her that. Don't you care? Tell her to help me. If I were Mary, I would feel social pressure to go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. By the way, it's Martha's house. Martha's in charge of the house. So there was some authority there. But here's what I noticed in the text. Jesus, basically, when Martha says, tell her to get up, Jesus says, no, I'm not going to. In verse 42, it's, Jesus says this to Martha. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken from her. Now, I just want you to add this to your understanding of God. Sometimes, oftentimes, when you choose to say no to some things that are not the most important, they're not the highest priority, and God's, you're sitting down, God will come along and affirm, stay, just sit there. You're good. You do not have to get up because of that pressure. Does that make sense? I am... Um, within the last 10 days... Uh, got a daughter who plays tennis, and I try, try to be a good dad. Anybody trying to be a good dad? Everybody, men, if you're dads, raise your hand. Yes, we should be trying that. Try to be a good dad, so I try to go to her games. But my schedule that day had multiple things going on, and I was stressed, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And can I tell you, I felt pressure from multiple directions uh, to make sure I don't miss Anna's game until I paused and I prayed, and I include God in my thoughts, and I really believe God came into my thoughts, and he said, Mark, you can't do it all. Miss the game. Now, you may not, under, but I was like, you know, there's a lot of power when God says it's okay for you not to do that. And I just tell you, I felt, I was like, hey, okay. So I, you know, contacted my daughter and said, hey, Love you, you know, but I got this going on, so I won't be at your. Didn't you know what? She was like, "Okay." I thought you would want me there every. No, <laughs> yeah, I, it was like okay. And here's what the idea of this: we need, we need to connect with God more so that He can tell you it's okay for you not to do that. There's a lot of power when God releases you from stuff 
that people will people or our own emotions will put a lot of pressure on us to do. Is there not a lot of pressure in the world? It just feels like it. Maybe it's, there's a lot of pressure. The phone is always buzzing. There's always new emails, always. It feels like always there's new emails that should be responded to. Most of us have positions or jobs where there's always more work that could be done. There's always more to do. Socially, how many of you have seen? No, how many of you have not yet seen the new Avengers Endgame movie? How many of you have not yet seen it? What is your problem? (laughs) Do you not know? That this is the biggest movie? This is the end of the... Come on. Why are you at church? You could be now. Because you have to be at this movie because everyone has seen it. I I actually, in the other... Grape Road, are you there? You have to... There really is pressure for certain groups if they haven't... Like, have you seen it? Oh, see, so you're good. You're in the in crowd. Any young person in the room that hasn't seen it, that you're like, I know, I get, you're not young, Tony. (laughs) Great idea, buddy, but that thing flew a long time ago. But any, it's a thing. Did you see it? No. Oh, are you okay emotionally? Because everyone, the whole world's seen it. I, just so you know, it's this weird, We just have to be careful because there are things that will drive us. But if we'll connect with God, he will give us more discernment. And release. I am so glad we have a God who will release us from certain pressures we feel from other people. And just a confession, I think sometimes it's, just, it's, my, it's in my own head. I put pressure on myself to do things. And, but if I connect with God, he just brings clarity. Where am I? In the notes. I was thinking about a movie. Oh, before we finish this point, part of the key to this is a gear in life or a place in life where we come to peace when we just let somebody else do it. Just go, that's not my responsibility. Someone else can take up that cause. In my, I had some curious Bible time the last uh, week. I'm in the Old Testament. I'm in 2 Kings, and I've been reading about a prophet named Elisha. Amazing man. All kinds of supernatural power followed him, did some uh, miracles, and led God's people for a significant season. But what I noticed as I was reading, uh, the first uh, part was in 2 Kings 5, where... Long story short, the king of God's people says to Elisha, a guy's going to be coming from another kingdom who has leprosy, and you got to heal him. This is a big deal. Now, by the way, in this time in history, kings just needed little things to start wars over. Like, they were just always starting wars, killing people, whatever. So one king says to the other king, I'm going to send you one of my soldiers because I heard your prophet could heal him. And so the king, actually, if you read the story, the king's like, oh, man, what's going to... So he contacts Elisha, heal this guy when he comes over. So this guy, Naaman, who has leprosy, comes. So here's the text. Naaman went with his horses and his chariots 
and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. So by the way, he has this entourage. He's an important soldier. So they all come to the door of Elisha, and Elisha's assignment from the king is heal him. Here's what I notice. Elisha doesn't even get up to go meet the guy. It says, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash uh, yourself seven times in the Jordan. Now, I don't know if you see what I see in there, but that's kind of amazing. By the way, Naaman, the guy with leprosy, gets all honked off. Like, I can't believe he didn't come out. I want to see the amazing prophet guy. And there's no indication. Elisha just says, I don't know what he's doing, but, but apparently on this day, he was like, I'm sitting down. You, you go tell him. It'll all work out. Does that make sense? It's this delegation thing. There's another one in 2 Kings chapter 9 where Elisha's responsibility, the prophet's responsibility, it would seem, is to go and anoint the new king, and he sends one of his team. He just says, yeah, you go do that. So the idea is, is this. You can write it down. When it comes to assignments, they are not all ours. Now, that'll be a new place for some of us to be able to go, that's not my, I don't have to do that. I think I've mentioned this, but I want to emphasize it just for a moment. A lot of this idea of margin has to do with us being able to prioritize the most important thing. Does that make sense? This is not just about more relaxation or disconnect in life. A lot of this has to do with there are less important things that are chewing up your emotional energy, your time. And if you were to say today, if we were to say, what's the most important thing in your life? The problem is our calendars are not lining up with the most important things. Okay? So here's two ideas to finish this point. Is there a Martha you need to say no to? And this may not be a person. But is there a Martha kind of a thing? Is there a pressure that you need to say that? I'm I'm not submitting to that. Hey, can we try something for a minute? If If you came with somebody and there is a Martha thing that came up in your mind, will you, I'm gonna pause for 10 seconds. Will you tell the person next to you what the Martha might be? Oh, some of you are freaking out. But, but go ahead. Ready? you got 10 seconds. And if you know the person next to you, and they won't hold you to it. But what's the one thing that you think, I think maybe I need to say no to this. Will you do that? Ready? Go. Some of you are like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. But you're trying. Look at you. Is there just, and we won't hold you accountable next week. But is there one thing? Like, Grape Road, are you doing this? What's the one thing that came to your mind that you might want to think about saying no to? Okay, another question for assessment. Are there assignments we need to delegate? And some of the same same things may have come to Are there assignments we need to delegate? For some of you in leadership, this may be a very clear thing. You need to clearly say, yeah, that monkey is on your back, so have fun. Looks like a climber, monkey. Have fun. All right, so margin in life. It it takes personal responsibility. The second thing is this. uh, It takes some spiritual honesty. Spiritual honesty. If you want to write that down, 
Honesty might not be the best word. If you can write another word on the end of that, put humility. Humility. Uh, Bear with me as I wrestle through this point. Verse 25 says, but you said, it's no use, I love foreign gods. Now, that's not a phrase that comes up very often in our culture, so I want to give you a little context for that. Uh, In our culture, when you think of things that take our time, attention, or entertain us, they are not usually connected to a, uh, readily connected to like a foreign god. Like, you know, we have restaurants that are not connected to sacrifice for another god. You know, there's restaurants. Today, most of us have multiple options to take our day, all of our time. But in this historical time, some of the things that would have been the answer to, hey, what do you want to do tonight, were deeply connected with false gods. For example, uh, Baal, this false god, uh, so you say, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Well, we could go over to the Baal sacrifice thing because there'll be a sacrificial meal. They'll be killing some animals. By the way, this Baal thing also, uh, sometimes it was violent, uh, weird. So this may sound, it would have been something to do. Well, let's just go see what's happening at the, at the crazy place there. Okay. Um, another common uh, false god was connected to Asherah, which uh, indications are it was a god, a goddess of fertility. And so, and the worship would happen a lot of times up on a hill, like up on a mountain, and so, because it was a goddess of fertility, it had a lot of times sensuality, uh, at times pro- temple prostitution. So it would have, like we talk about holy worship, some of Asherah worship would have been horny worship. It just would have been a, like, hey, go there, and that would have been that kind of a thing. Can I give you a little side note on this, and some of you won't. It may not be your deal, but can, you, can we just admit for some of us that there are still things in the world that are not God's will for our life that are still sound attractive to us, or at least may, it sounds like a little bit of fun when you're bored and you think, well, nobody ever, a bunch of liars. <laughs> when you think, let's go, ooh, wow, a real violent thing, let's just go check it out, or... or uh, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm horny. Let's go go over. See, you bunch of, you guys just turn into church people when you come in here. But when you're out here, there's stuff. None of you ever, ever, none of you ever think, I think pot is legal in Michigan. Maybe we should go for a drive. Some of you, yeah, you were there last night. How did it go? Good. You're back there grinning like, yeah, it was good. Need some snacks? <laughs> no, but come on. Now, some of you, and I appreciate this, some of you that's not attractive at all, but some of us with history and background, especially when things are going bad and we think, no, what I need is shot. I need shots. I need multiple whatever shot thing. And so here's where I'm trying to make a point. Ha. Trying to make a point in this. So there would have been this attractiveness in this time when they say, I can't help it, I just love foreign gods. Their hearts had been attached or attracted to things 
that were not good for them, but there was a wrestling inside of them of, shoot, I've fallen in love with whatever this thing is. And it was attached to foreign gods. But I'm telling you, the same kind of stuff happens today where through repetition or through experience, our hearts get attached to stuff and we could say, it's no use. I've fallen in love with whatever this thing is. And the point I want to make here, as I would submit to you, it makes a huge difference on how you say, it's no use, I've fallen in love with whatever. Two ways you can say it. One is, it's no use, I've fallen in love with marijuana. Thank you, sir. No, I'm just No, it's no use, I've fallen in love with smoking, and it's, I'm not going to change. How many of you can say that two ways? You can say, it's no use, I've fallen in love with it, it's just who I am with no intention of changing. Another way you can say it is in humility and say, it's no use, I've fallen in love with it, I'm in trouble, and I need help. What, now, here's the cool thing. The second way will get you the attention of the Almighty God will say, did I just hear you say you need help? And he, this is the greatest news ever, he will help us. And when it comes to calendar and schedule, I think for some of us, a stepping, a, a point of help would be, it's when we go, it's no use. I have fallen in love with social media. I am a workaholic. I do, and, but when we say, I need help, God will come and help us. He will come and help us. Last fill in the blank. When it comes to the pace of our life, will we admit that we are out of control? And when we do, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. To finish up, imagine a place where an important person in your life says, can we get together? And you have margin. You say, yeah. I've got time this week. Imagine a place where you don't respond to how are you with I'm kind of tired. Imagine a place where your stress level is low enough so you're doing well at family and friends and parenting. And And we have time for the most important things. That's where we're going to try to get during this series. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church weekly message podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.